The following audio is via a Skype call. That is the second time you've spoken out of turn, Miss Granger. Are you incapable of restraining yourself, or do you take pride in being an insufferable know-it-all? He's got a point, you know. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson's Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy Saturday. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We are Manson Mitchell. We are in your ears for the hour. We say optimistically every week. And we're happy once again to be working with the tall guy himself, Nathan Miller, at the board. Nathan, how are you today, sir? Good morning, Gary, and I'm glad you introduced me really quick because I was just about to jump the gun like Hermione Granger always does. <laughs> yes, that's right. To get the word in, always right, always gets straight A's and irritates the hell out of everybody around her. But at the same time, she wins our hearts. That whole franchise was amazing because these were people that you went out to the theater to see and then endless times at home because you can't go a weekend without finding it on cable TV. And these people become part of your extended family. Absolutely. And I can remember, I don't know about you, Nathan, but I can remember telling someone before the first movie was ever filmed there, I can remember saying to somebody, you know, that's a kid's book. (laughs) <laughs> go, I think you said that to me. You know, yeah. People, I was reading 40, them. There was a 60-year-old woman at the time, and this is back there right at the turn of the millennium. And I said, you know, that's a kid's book. It's great for kids, but why are you why are you getting so into this? You just, you're giddy with this. And she said, oh, I think everybody needs a little magic. So after that, I shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Also, Nathan, I want to wish you a happy first day of spring, uh, first day of summer, Last day of spring until 5.44 p.m. Eastern time. The hours are waning. The minutes are ticking away. And Here, and, at, we live in Florida, so 5.44 p.m. Eastern time is when we will greet summer. A bit earlier out there for you folks. 2.44. Yeah. And yesterday, it did definitely feel like summer. I was outside, and I actually think I got a little bit of a tan on the back of my neck. So looking forward to ah. the days to come where there's more sunshine and warmer weather. I used to hear that referred to as a farmer's tan. Yeah. It's also a city boy's tan, too. <laughs> yes, that's right. And when you get that in Seattle, you've got something. we got something special going on today, Gary. We, something and someone special. Something and someone in the fact that our guest for today has a show following our show. Yes. And we're going to be her guest today. It's like a home-and-home home deal here. It's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. I love that. Yeah. And I have no idea what Eileen Grimes wants to talk about either here on our show today. I've got some questions for her. So do and I. And then on her show, I mean, it's just going to be hell's a-poppin'. Potpourri. <laughs> that works for me. Let's introduce her. Eileen Grimes has been an active and very popular practicing astrologer for over 30 years. She has had many, many people seek her astrological advice and counsel. Eileen stays very active with her clients and also does a lot of media work, from freelance writing to public speaking. She also has a radio show, The Jupiter Rising Show, on 1150 KKNW Seattle at 11 a.m. each Saturday morning Pacific time. The show is about astrology, imagine that, 
plus much, much more. We're glad to have her for, what is it, the 22nd time? 22nd time. Eileen Grimes. Eileen, my dear, we're so happy to have you with us once again. Thank you, you guys. Oh, you're just puffing my head up so much. <laughs> That's great. We thought Thank you. you might like that. Well, you're welcome. We thought you might like that. Hermione Granger dropped because you just know so much about Astrology. your stock and trade yep. and you say it with such confidence you just remind us a bit of her in the nicest oh, way. Oh sweet. I don't know who she is but she sounds like a nice person. She is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh good. Okay. So. Eileen let me throw this at you. Let's get down to the hard hitting questions here right, right off the bat. This okay. is important. This is the day after Juneteenth. That right. doesn't require a lot of explanation because it's been so much in the news. Right. The president of the United States is going to be, in fact, he already is, I'm sure, in Tulsa for a big campaign rally as he hits the campaign trail seeking re-election. Tulsa, Oklahoma, a building that seats, I believe, roughly 20,000 people. They said they had a million requests for tickets. I don't know. But a lot of people are going to be bunched together with hardly any of them wearing a mask, from what I gather. There's hand sanitizer available. And with that being the case, they are going to love them some Donald Trump there in Tulsa tonight. Astrologically, you took the time and trouble within the past couple of days and posted it on Facebook, no less, mm -hmm. to indicate what astrologically is indicated for this very important event coming at a pivotal time and drawing attention from around the world. What do you think we are in store for this evening? Uh, well, I mean, um, I, let me just just go back a little bit and tell you about this post I put up yesterday morning sometime. I said, you know, it'd be interesting to look and see what date time, well, the, obviously the date is right, but the time and the place uh, where this rally was going to be taking place. So I found that 7 o'clock tonight in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it's today's date. So I ran off a chart for that. And I took one look at it, and I went, oh, my God, jeez, are they nuts? Yeah, they, well, anyway, so I decided I'm going to put this up on Facebook, just see what kind of people say something or want to know. And 150 comments later, I mean, literally, you know, like within a couple of hours, there's like 80 comments on it. But, uh, but by and large, the majority of the people who answered that are also astrologers have also said this is not a good chart, you know. And there are some really interesting um, configurations in the chart that really sort of say, you know, this is not a good time to do this. Because particularly one configuration is right at the bottom of the chart. If you, you don't have the chart in front of you, but... We have Neptune, we have the, the fourth house cusp, which is right at the bottom, and we have Mars on one side and Neptune on the other side in Pisces. So the thing about Pisces and Neptune is that rules things like pandemics and catching bugs that you can't see, you know, so that's that business. And then Mars is the anger planet, and this may be very well that you've got two factions at this thing, both the Trumpers and not the not-so-Trumpers going to be in the same place. One's going to protest, one's going to be in this thing, you know, in this rally. So this is going to, um, it's going to probably, and I hate to predict stuff because you never know what's going to happen, 
But this to me just looks really bad. I mean, this has a lot to do with not being able to um, enforce your boundaries. Pisces doesn't have any boundaries. So it's like, oh, come on in. You can, everybody can come in. Trumpers, no Trumpers, no big deal. But this is going to be like people infiltrating each other's personal space. Okay, and because of that, uh, and it's going to cause conflict, and it's possibly going to mean um, some sort of riot in some respects. So I, I, I sort of see that, and, and I'm kind of going, well, I'm going to note that. We don't know if that's going to happen for sure, but there's a possibility of it. And the fact that this event happens on the, you know, on the summer solstice and on a solar eclipse, okay, on the same bloody day. Okay, so this eclipse happens about nine hours or so. Um, I'm not sure if it's after the beginning of this thing, but it's sometime today that this eclipse happens. And whenever we have an eclipse, there's always movement in, in the world. There's always news events because I remember that the Gulf War started on a solar eclipse. So, I mean, things happen on eclipses because basically you're enhancing or making the effect of the eclipse of solar eclipse is a new moon. So this new moon means new beginnings, right? Okay, so you have that, you know, and then you enhance that a hundred times. That's about how much more important this this new moon is with the eclipse added to it. And then of course we just had Mercury go retrograde a couple of days ago. And then we've got Neptune going direct sometime on the 22nd or 23rd. That's next week. So we're in between all of these <coughs> transiting planets, you know. <clears throat> and it's, you know, we're not really sure how to, you know, to really interpret it because they're all under, I would call it, very strong developmental tension. Whenever a planet is going to shift directions or it's going into a new sign or it's going to aspect another planet or something, that means that planet is going to go through changes, you know, and how we experience those changes. So uh, we've got a lot of stuff all in a row. So that's what's happening with that. And, you know, this, this silly, um, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say one way or the other how I feel about Trump, but you can probably tell by my tone of voice. <laughs> anyway, um, is that he planned this thing to be on Juneteenth, which was yesterday, which everybody screamed and yelled about, so he moved it one day. Big deal. So he moves it to the day of the eclipse. Well, that's not much better either. And so it's, um, he doesn't pay attention to things very well. So I, you know, I, I'm going to be kind of watch, keeping my eyeball on the news tonight to see what happens with this thing. Because it, a lot of people have been telling me, well, this is kind of, one guy said, who's a real, uh, he's a Vedic astrologer, he's really good, he says, this means disaster for Trump, just does. So, uh, whatever disaster means, but, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's on a very high profile part of our life, it's going to be right out in front of us tonight. So, um, you know, I, I wish everybody luck there, so they could go there and not get exposed to the COVID virus. But I doubt that's going to happen, not with the Venus or the Neptune and Mars together. Uh-uh, that's not going to happen. So, anyway, that's my uh, somewhat short but succinct ver a version of, of what this chart meant. So, yeah. So, uh, speaking of the COVID virus, Eileen, have you had a chance to look at the 
COVID virus and what's happening with the planetary configurations from either last fall or the winter till now to to kind of look back to see what it was that indicated a pandemic? Okay, that's a good question, and it's actually relatively easy to answer because um, I know some astrologers who have studied pandemics, and they basically have said that when the planet Pluto and Saturn got together, either by any aspect, whether it's a conjunction, which means they're right next to each other, opposition means they're in opposite signs, or square, you know, to those signs, it usually means there's an outbreak of some sort of disease somewhere on the planet. And I think the last time this happened was in 19... I think it was an opposition between Saturn and Pluto, and that was the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. So, I mean, you can pretty much take it to the bank. As a matter of fact, a whole bunch of us online were talking about this before it even happened. Said, where's the pandemic? It should be here. And literally a couple weeks later, it started. So, I mean, it's kind of weird being able to predict stuff like that, but it really truly is about Saturn and Pluto. And Pluto means transformation uh, at, for the entire whole of the of the the event or the persons or the people or or the world, and then you also have Saturn, which is government, and that seems like, you know, with the restrictions they've been putting on us, you know, the every the everything the the social distancing, being away from each other, that's Saturn. I mean, Saturn is having boundaries between people, six foot boundaries, but nonetheless, they're boundaries. So, I mean, it's really been acting out almost perfectly what Saturn and Pluto have been doing. And Saturn and Pluto are in the sign of Capricorn, which happens to be the government, you know, and everything and our structures in our in our society. So I know this is a lot of explanation, but that's pretty much, you know, um, how how it happened. And I've been looking at it and thinking, well, you know, do I want to panic? I go, no, this is all exactly how it's supposed to be playing out. So, I mean, hate to say that, you know, but it's every several, you know, how many years we do get something on this planet that does tend to to decimate the population in some areas. So it's kind of a balance system, you know, a balancing between, you know, excess and not enough. So, well, what's interesting to me uh, talking about the planet Earth and along with all the other planets is that, um, you know, we're very, very aware of the um, negative side of this with the number of deaths we have now and the number of deaths they're still expecting. Right. And then on the other side of the coin, you have the less pollution, you have less driving, you have, uh, you know, the earth is actually getting a little chance to recover from right. all the pollution and all the uh, stuff we've been doing to it. Right. And so when you look at that, you kind of think, well, it's not all bad. No. But, There's... you know, nevertheless, you don't want to die for that cause. Right. There's got to be another way to fix earth besides people dying. Yeah, right. Exactly. But there always seems to be a good outcome and sort of a bad outcome. You know, the bad outcome is what we're seeing on the news every night, you know, with all the reports of all the viruses everywhere. But, I mean, we're talking about what you just mentioned, the cleaning up of the Earth's atmosphere. People are actually able to see Mount Everest now from the Himalayas, you know, something like that. 
and and you know China's um, environment has cleared up, and we have cleared up here too, and also we are becoming much more friendly with our neighbors. You know, it's like we're kind of joining up and figuring. Well, we can't do it alone, and they keep saying that. There's different slogans that they have out there. You know, we don't. Ha- we're in this together. You know, and so that is very much the antithesis of all the negativity. So that's on the other flip side, and that's what you. We some almost expect when something has been taken out, some part of society has been taken out, and that at this point has been our freedom to move around, you know, with a fair amount of, you know, grace and all that kind of stuff. But um, when it's been taken out, something equally as good happens on the other side. So in my feeling of it, I wouldn't mind, I, I wasn't going to say I wouldn't mind this thing going on for years. Well, I would mind it, but... I think it would be nice if we re- learned the lessons that we're learning right now from this virus to teach us how to share, you know, and how to how to look at things and h- how to, you know, take the environment and all that and work together on that rather than working separately. And right now, unfortunately, we've got a real divide in our country between, you know, um, the, the conservative and the liberal. So we, we still do have that divide. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, one of the good things about the uh, having the pandemic here, because I'm I'm always trying to figure out, well, what's good about this situation? Right. Couple of things. One is my credit card bills are way down because <laughs> I'm not out buying anything. Yeah, true. And, yeah. And I'm and I'm looking at these low credit card bills, and and it's like, well, I'm not driving anywhere, going anywhere. I'm not even putting gas in my car. Right. I put a tank of gas in in March. Oh my God. I didn't fill it again till June. Wow. Yeah, that's how long that's how little driving that I've been doing is that that tank of gas lasted me for about three months. Amazing. I have another question, which I I don't know. I hope, Gary, you don't mind my having all these questions for Eileen. Get them out while you have them in mind. All right. (laughs) But here's something else that has been on my mind. And you're the perfect person to ask about this. When when we were hearing about the age of Aquarius. Right. Uh, somebody, either you or another astrologer, said it's not a light switch that goes on and off in one second. No. That when you have the age of Aquarius, it takes years for it to come about. So we were hearing about the age of Aquarius back in the 60s and 70s. Right. Right. And so does this in any way ring true for you that we are actually in a process now with the with the pandemic and the riots or protests and everything else going on does it make any sense to you that we are moving to a a different age of a different way of being in the world absolutely yeah we already have started it i mean just look at the the area here in seattle that is that um, several block area next to downtown you know, that's basically kind of a, a something-free zone, you know, and nobody wants to anyway uh, litigate it or they don't want to use the law on it. They're just freely roaming around. I mean, it's, it reminds me of, you know, the Aquarian energy. That's very Aquarian to meet with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, and there's no sense of lawless. There's no lawlessness going on or law stuff going on at all. So um, people are just meeting and having a good time, you know, and 
That's good. And see, the thing is, is that with the Pluto in Capricorn and Saturn in Capricorn, which Saturn's just about ready to go back into Capricorn here in a couple of months, that um, the the thing is that those two planets are about ready to leave those signs and then go into Aquarius. Pluto will go into Aquarius. Now, if that isn't the start of the age of Aquarius, I don't know what would be. But there have been other major planets that have gone into other signs that have sort of gives us the idea that what is coming up in the future that, that will be started now. So one of the things about Uranus, which rules Aquarius, it's in the sign of Taurus right now, which is all about our money system. And our money system is kind of, well, you saw what happened to the stock market after this COVID virus got in, you know, that got, got root in our society. It, right. it tanked down. And how many pound, points got two, 3,000 points? You know, so, I mean, we're going to be seeing extremes of volatility in, in the stock market and in financial systems for the next, I don't know, five years. That's because the whole system needs to be redone. You know, it's just not fair for everybody. It's pretty much you've got all the wealth is at the top and everybody else gets the dregs of it. So that, that's the thing about Aquarius, that it, it equalizes everything out. So that if the guy at the top of the, the pool is going to get, you know, X amount of dollars, so is the person that's working the janitorial business in the, in the same business. So they've got to have an equal distribution. So this has to do with finances, though. Taurus is all about our finances. So that's what we're talking about here. So along the way, and let me just kind of answer your question in a little bit broader spectrum. Along the way, we're going to run into areas where we're going to have emancipation. We're going to have liberation. We just are, you know. And that will be a part of the larger galactic age of the age of Aquarius. So we're going to have these you know, things happen concurrently that a part of our society liberates and another part of it liberates when something Uranus goes through a certain sign, you know. And so and Uranus went through Aquarius a few years ago, so something happened around then. So it's a gradual, gradual uh, change because a galactic age is huge and that takes many hundreds of years to shift. So, oh, that makes sense. When is Pluto going into Aquarius? Uh, you said see. that was coming up? Yeah, it's coming up, I think, sometime at the end of next year, I believe. Okay, so maybe yeah. end of 2021, something like I that. I think so. I'm pretty sure, okay. yeah. Because right now, Pluto is at about 24, 25 degrees Capricorn, you know, and so it's been hovering right around there, and right next to it is Saturn. And Saturn's moved into Aquarius, so... The thing about Saturn moving into Aquarius, into, you know, obviously the sign that we're concerned about, is that Saturn makes things real. So, you know, what we're seeing here is a lot of rebellion, a lot of groups, you know, the Black Lives Matter, all of these different social groups within the structure of our country are rising up and rebelling. That's what we'd expect to happen. I get excited when I see stuff like that. Because I know that means we're doing these transits right. And, you know, these transits, they don't just come from nowhere and drop themselves on our little heads. They well up within and something is created with inside that makes people respond to something in the way that this transit means. You know what I'm saying? You know, so it's it's a level of consciousness that we've all reached. I like that. Thank you. I would like for us to go ahead and take our break now. 
because I have a series of questions that I would like to address to Eileen. I will let you have the second half of the show, Gary. How's that? (laughs) And I want her to answer immediately. (laughs) Eileen Grimes is with us. Her Jupiter is always rising. You can see it in the starry night sky. We're always delighted when Eileen joins us here on Manson Mitchell. Give us a couple of minutes, and we will return with some really heartfelt, instructive, and inspiring information that derives from the study of astrology because that is Eileen Grimes' bailiwick, and we're glad she's with us. We'll be back. We're Manson Mitchell, and you are tuned in to Seattle's home of alternative talk, AM 1150. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to mansonmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is mansonmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. Right now. Doctors Without Borders medical teams are operating in some of the most remote and dangerous corners of the world. When front yards become front lines, when disaster erupts, when disease rages, when communities collapse under crisis, at the crossroads of conflict and epidemic, where there are no hospitals, that's where we operate. We go where conditions are the worst because that's where we're needed most. In nearly 70 countries, we're saving lives threatened by violence, disease, malnutrition, and catastrophic events. Donors are vital to our mission. Your response is critical to our response in places where a few others will go. That's where we operate. Learn more at doctorswithoutborders.org. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome our favorite political pundit, Caroline Heldman of Occidental College, for a deep dive into issues of our times. On Saturday, Marie D. Jones discusses her latest book, Earth Magic, an encyclopedia of natural remedies for whatever ails you. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell. Our stargazer and our moon dreamer is astrologer Eileen Grimes. We are thrilled to have her on our show for the 22nd time. 
And Eileen, before we get any further into our conversation, I need to turn things over to Gary for the second half. Um, Please let our listeners know, in addition to your show, which follows ours directly on KKNW, what is your website and how can people connect with you? Okay, you can get a hold of me at EileenGrimes.com, E-I-L-E-E-N-G-R-I-M-E-S.com, or you can get a hold of me at Eileen Grimes on Facebook. So that'll work. That's good. Excellent. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Eileen, I wanted to talk to you about a question that came to me in consideration of the title of your own show, Jupiter Rising. I have heard since I first began dabbling in astrology, going back to the mid-1990s, that wherever you find Jupiter in a person's birth chart or in a transit, which applies to us all, Mm-hmm. Wherever you see Jupiter, you see expansion. It's like the law of attention in a way where you look at it, where you see Jupiter, there's a whole lot more of whatever it is going on. And so I'm curious to know with the current transits, the predicament in which we find ourselves as a society, as a nation and as a world, is there a role for Jupiter in the next one, two or three months, let's say? I believe Jupiter and Pluto are moving around together. Let me, I'm going to check a chart right now and see where they are. I have my computer here. Uh, yeah, they're right together. Uh, Jupiter is at, oh wait, yeah. Jupiter is 25 degrees Capricorn and Pluto is 24 degrees Capricorn. So they're traveling together. And that generally means when you get two planets together so close, they merge into one energy. So Jupiter is expansion, and and it's it's your your social ex- situations expand, your metaphysical beliefs, your your own way of seeing things expand. But you got Pluto next to it, and Pluto is saying, okay, you're looking at the surface, but you got to go deeper. Okay, so I've read a lot of explanations on Pluto with Jupiter, and I heard I think one of the ones which was the best for me was by Jeff Green in his Pluto book. He says, putting Pluto in Jupiter means a person's in, sage, in, in search of the ultimate truth within themselves, and they help people get at their own truth. And the truth has to do with the truth of their soul that is so deep and so powerful that it may be something that frightens them to, to, to consult, but it's something that adds a lot of energy. And you see... I have that in my chart, too. I have a Pluto-Jupiter trine. I have Jupiter right at the top of my chart, which is a great place to have it, given what I'm doing for a living. And I did that on purpose, too. So uh, it's, it's when you add those two together, you have um, the person has an unbelievably strong need to find the truth out in a person's life and in their own life. You know, and the truth according to their soul, which is way deeper than normal psychology. So it's more on an evolutionary level than it is on a psychological level. So um, it's, um, I like those two planets together. I happen to, because I happen to have them together in my own chart. But with Pluto and Jupiter conjunction, it's been kind of tough to watch um, the the person in the office of president who has his own beliefs and his own those things kinds of things that seemingly are are not in sync with everything else outside of him. Mm. So it's it's kind of a complex um, a complex explanation for these two planets. But when they get together, 
a person is ultimately concerned with the deepest possible meaning in a person's life, you know, finding the deepest possible adventure. Like, for instance, if I wanted to go to a country that I felt very strongly about seeing, I'd want to go there and find and meet people that have had pain and that kind of stuff and talk to them about what their pain is about and figure out what kind of things socio sociologically the country is going through psychologically as well. And that really is a Pluto-Jupiter aspect. So if you have it in your chart, that means you are continuously in search of, you know, the deepest truth you can possibly find. And that's way, way, uh, way I call it, is way below the boom-boom room. So, <laughs> so since those two planets are very far away, do they come together rather often? No, they don't, actually. Um, actually, they would probably do it. See, Jupiter has a 12-year cycle around the sun, and Pluto has a 248-year cycle around the sun. So the fact that they've come together in the same sign, I mean, they could do that. Every 12 years, they would do it. So Okay, yeah, that answers my question. Every 12 years that they would come together. Yeah, they would. So, okay. But they would be in other aspects, too, like opposition. They might be in a square Right, but, but this right. thing, this is um, in Capricorn. So the Capricorn is one of the more difficult signs to deal with. You know, it has to do with career and all that kind of stuff. But it's ruled by Saturn. And Saturn for a while was in Capricorn on the other side of those two. So you're just kind of going, okay, well, all right. You know, just kind of hang on to your britches and let's move forward one step at a time because it's not easy. So uh, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it, when astrologers saw this stuff coming up several years beforehand, it was like, okay, batten down the hatches. We're going to have some real stuff hit us. And we have, you know, it's, you know, multidimensional too. So it's, uh, it's, it's something day to day. We have to really, I have to break it down and take it day by day. What am I going to do you know, today? Yeah. You know, Gary was talking about big things happening in 2020 at yeah. the end of 2019 yeah without having the astrological information right but but you were saying gary that you felt like there were a lot of really significant things that were going to happen in 2020 you just didn't know what they were going right. to be oh I, I doubt that much of anyone had a clue not even in wuhan china did no. they think talk about getting out of hand yeah but you, you know, know Oh, and, but in 2020, but you did have a sense about it. I had a sense about it, but I also have a lot of native caution. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I mean that it's easy. And my God, because I have a lot of astrologer friends, metaphysical friends on Facebook and some political ones as well, but big with the metaphysics. Mm -hmm. And what I kept reading, some of it from Eileen Grimes and others, whether they be astrologers, tarot readers, mediums, or just general all-purpose psychics, what I kept seeing and why I have to, to approach this cautiously is a numerologist. There's another one. Numerologists mm -hmm. of my acquaintance were saying, and when it comes around Trump's birthday, and here it was like in 2017 and then in 2018, watch, right. whoa, it's really good. And then you watch and see what comes down the pike then. Well, what came down the pike was more Trump. More. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. I don't build things up too big or try not to because right. it's easy to get into hyperbole when we yeah. talk about a 
an art, and I do regard it as a kind of sacred art, really, of astrology, or it might be numerology, where we expect to see things that might not be there as prominently as we supposed. Right. Exactly. You know, and I kind of, I have to keep reminding myself to do this because every now and then I just want to, I just want to beat him up, but I, <laughs> you know, but that's not going to happen. But the thing is, I need to look at what does he represent to us as a collective society? What does he represent in us? You know, this is a man who is a Sun-Uranus conjunction. So that co- sort of means, well, he's going to be a rabble-rouser. He's going to change the rules every two minutes. He's going to shake things up. Well, he's been doing that the whole time. He's been in office. So, but sometimes when a Uranian person, meaning that the person is either an Aquarius or they have a whole bunch of stuff in the 11th house or they have a Sun-Uranus conjunction or Sun or Uranus moon conjunction or something like that, that means that the person's has the planet Uranus figured heavily in the whole retrospective interpretation of the chart, that means they're going to come along and shake the system up. That's just how they are. And so we have this right now with this person, you know, and I have to keep reminding myself that because it's, it's like we're kind, he he does something and everybody jumps around him, you know, and if we could just kind of turn it around and say, OK, he's just doing stuff, you know, that maybe we don't approve of. But, you know, it's it's going to make us realize what we really do want, you know, so it, it there is a, a there's a good side to all of this stuff. You know, and uh, anybody who has a strong, strong Uranus, again, is going to either figuratively negative, figure negatively or positively in our society. So, you know, what can we do? Um, We just have to, um, I think the thing is, if people knew more about astrology, they wouldn't get so upset about this stuff. It just, you know, it just sort of, you just have to take it all in stride and realize that we're in a change, a massive change right now. That means that everything that we know is going to maybe take a back seat or leave the building and something new is going to come in. So um, that's it's kind of hard to say that. But, you know, it means that there's so many things in our lives that maybe don't work that can be dispensed with. So now, Eileen, what you're saying is almost exactly what I have heard before that I've been paying attention to, mm-hmm. and that is that our systems are going to change fundamentally. And you talked oh, yeah. about that today with our money system. Oh, yeah. It may be this, the same thing with our policing system. Oh, Maybe yeah. that will change fundamentally. Yes. I was hearing on the news that um, the police will not be answering every 911 call in certain areas because they may decide to send a social worker or they may decide to send somebody else that they will direct to that location so that the police will be used more for uh, violent crimes rather than, uh, you know, everyday pedestrian come help me with something right, kind exactly. of crimes. And so I'm thinking... You know, is this what I've been hearing about for the last several decades about our systems fundamentally changing? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't happen easily, does it? No, it sure have, it doesn't. We it have does to go not. through some some uh, hurt, some some painful right. uh, painful stuff yeah. to get to the point where we then redesign things. Yes. So when you're when you are looking at this age of Aquarius. 
I mean, is it, are you looking at a hundred years, 200 years? Cause you're saying, you know, a year is, is not, is just a blink of an eye in yeah. astrology. So when you're, when you're looking at this age of Aquarius being, you know, a, a fundamental change, it will yes. have good and bad aspects as yeah. well. But how long do you see taking all that to come about? A long time. You know, it just does because it's a it's a global galactic shift. That means shift of consciousness. It means everybody on the planet is going to get a dose of this and they're going to move towards that light. You know, and even though it may seem like where they are now is a long jump away. See, with Pluto and Saturn, you're dealing with the conservative aspects of life. When people do the things the way they did 30, 40, 50 years ago. Okay, and so that kind of stuff we're realizing now is not working for us, including, you know, the uh, the aspects of the Constitution, the government. I'm not saying that the Constitution or the government's bad, never that. But we're looking at how it's not functioning because we have somebody who's coming up against all of those things in, uh, in his life and kind of taking on each one of them and says, oh, yeah, you can't make me. You know, and so it's uh, it's interesting. And now there's something else I wanted to mention here. In 2024, the United States will be going through its Pluto return. Now, that doesn't happen too often. 248 years. It goes all the way around the Zodiac since July 4th, 1776. It will come back to itself in about late 2022. So that's coming up. And let me tell you, this is a bigger thing than just an individual. This is a whole collective consciousness of our country is going to go through a profound shift. And we're already starting it right now. We've got somebody who's come in who's helping us, you know, kind of let go of things, even though we don't want to. Okay, fine. But also we're, we're getting prepared for this gigantic whammo thing that's going to hit us in 2024. And that's going to be huge. That's a 248-year cycle. You know, a lot of stuff happens in 248 years, you know, since the, you know, the American Revolution. So what's going to happen? We're going to move a long way away from that. But some respects, we may be going back and revisiting that and bring on aspects of that to the present. So, I mean, what was it? Trump was talking about setting up concentration camps in China and all this stuff. I mean, oh, golly, gee, bang, bang. I was banging my head when I heard that. But, you know, it's sort of like we've got somebody who has possibly an antiquated look at the way we're doing things in this country, and that's going to shift by 2023-24. So um, I just thought I'd bring that up because this whole time period right now is leading up to that point. So we're getting a lot of shots across the bow. We're getting a lot of previews of what's happening. And, it, and it's kind of like the age of Aquarius that we were just talking about. Right. It isn't a light switch. It isn't like, mm -mm. you know, with the Mercury retrograde, Gary and I pay a little bit of attention to the Mercury retrogrades, but we're aware that there's a pre-period, there's a post-period yeah. that, you know, it's coming up or it's it hasn't completely left. And so there are those ends to that. Yes, 
absolutely, absolutely. You know, those are going to be little blips that help us move along in consciousness. You know, the Mercury retrogrades, the Saturn retrogrades, the Jupiter retrogrades. Jupiter, the retrograde planets is always about finding something deep within yourself and bringing it out. You know, so like right now we've got six planets retrograde. Well, you know, so we're being a little more introspective right now and we should be. You know, but when, it, when they go, re- go direct, it means they're moving forward and much happening in a more an exteriorized sort of way. So um, one of the things I did mention is that I'm writing a book on the stationary planet. Now, a lot of people don't know what that is. That's, you know, when you have a retrograde and you have a direct planet, you have something also in between. And that's the stationary planet when the planet is about to change directions in the chart and then move back the other way. It is a point where the planet is stationary in the sky. It doesn't move and also adds an incredible impact on a person's life who has a stationary planet. And I've been working on that for the last year or so. I'm going to get this book written eventually, but I'm kind of delving into uh, particular certain people who have stationary planets and how they stood stood tall and in the center of their person's life. You know, and uh, they did those planets for their entire lives. So it's, it's really an interesting piece of work, study. So I like it. When it comes to Mercury retrograde, and Suzanne and I often say, we're not going to talk about that. We talk about that all the time. That's because it happens three to four times a year, right? Right. And pe- people will express some apprehension about Mercury retrogrades. Right. And when I get the chance, and here is one such opportunity, I will say, if you are an adult, and I'm sure that we're you know, listened to by some 90, are. 90 some are. yes, that, yeah. right, at least chronologically, 99.9% of our listenership would be in that category of adulthood. If you are an adult, think about it this way. No matter how old or young you are, if it's three to four times a year, certainly three, retrogrades, in, but Mercury in retrograde is something you have survived X number of times. Right. You're still breathing. Yeah. You're still thinking. Right. And if Mercury retrograde is so terrible, well, then it would kill us all off like some pandemic, right? You're right. But it doesn't. Oh. It, it can be a pain in the behind, and yeah. it's a challenge, and it slows things down. Right. But I think if people take a more pragmatic approach to the Mercury yeah. retrograde or any sort of retrograde right. if they're into astrology, yeah. they may come to realize that there are benefits to be derived from slowing down and taking a look at your life and what's going on around you during these periods. Absolutely, yeah. It's an opportunity. It's just like any transit is, you know, whatever goes direct. Or right now we also have Venus retrograde in the chart. That's an opportunity to look at our relationships and really examine them up close, you know, and do a little bit internal work on it before it comes out. It's retrograde means you're going inside, you know, and a Mercury, it, that means with your communications and how you deal with stuff, you're going inside. So uh, three times a year, it's a time where I actually, I tend to use it for research. Any words that begin with R-E, those are the re words are having to do with research redo, research, you know, like I said, research, um, anything that has, you know, the re in front of it is a, is a word that you want to use during retrograde, you know, because you're going to redo it. You know, if you have, for instance, if you do research, then you have to go back through it and check your, your notes. That's usually what happens under a retrograde mercury, you know, or if you're talking to communications to people, you have to really relook 
at what you're saying to people because maybe you're not clear about what you're saying given the mirror back coming back to you saying what are you saying i don't know what you're saying don't know, can't understand you so it it is a chance to relook at things to see what you can improve upon that's my explanation of retrograde you know it's amazing i've changed my my definition of mercury retrograde over the years as i've learned about it you know and it seems to be just a little deeper now it's actually an opportunity for us to really really Eric, clean gary up. talks about things spinning forward your past spinning forward oh yeah. i've had that happen numerous times uh, hardly every time but i have had people that i have thought about hadn't seen them in two three maybe even five years right and during a mercury retrograde wouldn't you know, yeah. I walk into a department store, supermarket, or I take a class somewhere at church maybe, and here comes this person. Right. Wow, when's yeah. the last time we saw each other and we start to catch up? It right. seems to happen. I don't know that it happens more often. I can't yeah. really say because I don't keep a log of these things. Yeah. But I have had it happen in striking ways during the Mercury retrograde. Oh, sure. And anything that's retrograde is behind you. It's already been gone. You know, it's retrogradation. It's like you're stepping backwards. No, but also um, it, it, you can have it under a Mercury retrograde. But the more likely scenario of meeting people, meeting up with people you haven't seen for a while is Venus retrograde. That means you've been involved with somebody in an intimate way. They may show up again. You know, that happened to me this time. When Venus went retrograde, I said, ah, I'm immune. I'm an astrologer. And I, <laughs> well, I was wrong. I had this guy show up who I was the last boyfriend I had 26 years ago. He showed up on my Facebook page and instant messaged me. And I went, oh, my God. Venus, I said, would you stop Venus retrograde, please? But also, since Venus right now is in Gemini's sign, Gemini, so in Mercury's sign, you've got a combination of Mercury retrograde and Venus retrograde in one thing. So um, it's going to be both both that. So it's interesting. Uh, that uh, Venus retrograde, it could spell trouble. It could be exciting. But mm -hmm. it's the kind it's the romance of life. Yeah, that's what I've sensed about. It. I need to pay closer attention to that. Of course, I do so under the watchful eye. But <laughs> it's wonderful <laughs> to meet up again with people who meant something to you. Yeah. And, well, then, and to be able to communicate and put things in perspective. Right. It goes you both know, ways, you know. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, the thing about this, the personal planets going retrograde and of course, the sun and moon never do. But the personal ones going retrograde is that you really get to learn a lot about that function through whatever it is that you're doing you know venus obviously is relationships you'll have somebody come back into your life you had a relationship with it meant something to you and you get to handle something that has been left out you know i found that out really quickly with this guy really quickly within a day i saw exactly what he was doing and i wrote to him i said i can't do this with you goodbye and i blocked him off my my facebook list so um it, it was kind of it was quicker i'm learning the lessons quicker because this guy's come back a couple of times in the last 20-some years, and I kind of go, no, 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 I don't want to do this. But, you know, Mercury retrograde is what you haven't said to people and what you can say to people, and you'll get in touch with that under a retrograde. And then we've got one coming up this year, later on, and that's Mars retrograde. Now, this is tough. Mars, you know, Mars is about skirmishes, warfare, anger. It's all about the intense emotions. I And I have to wonder what it's going to mean for our country. I really do have to wonder because... You know, Mars is going to be in its own sign of Aries, too. So good luck. 
it's going to be really difficult. Mars is right now in Pisces, and it will be going to Aries next week. So we got to watch out for this, kids. I'll be glad when it's out of Pisces. I'll have get my energy back. Ugh, you know, Mars and Pisces just isn't energetic at all. doesn't want to do anything. I just be sitting around doing nothing. But How I, long is Mars going to be retrograde in Aries? How long does that last? About eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah, a lot can happen well, in eight weeks, I, he said, stating yeah. the obvious. I'm an Aries, so. Yes, it know. will affect you quite a bit being yeah, in Aries. And I, have, and I have quite a bit of, of my. Uh, fire signs in retrograde right so right. that's just kind of interesting for yeah, me and yeah. that's how i can tolerate her too because <laughs> there, uh, suzanne was born on easter sunday during a mercury retrograde and i have looked at her birth chart and seen the number of planets in retrograde right. she's a wonderful example of an aries with fire in the belly but it's mm -hmm. not a forest fire it's a yes, hearth fire that's and right for a that's... virgo like me i think that's how we can make this work at all that's a very good point, because a Mars retrograde isn't going to be right out there. It's going to be holding it back and looking at where am I going to put my energy? How am I going to do it? And how will I how will I focus it? So I get, you know, Mars is what we get, what we want. OK, from 8.8 .8 to point B. You know, if we got it retrograde, it means we take the steps a little bit more gingerly getting there. We just don't go in and hammer somebody over the head with what we want because it just doesn't work. But, you know, when it's retrograde, it's more mature. That's the nature of the planet. When it's retrograde, it's more mature and it's closest to the Earth. So it has to do with it's much more Earth-oriented and more spiritual-oriented. So um, it is a little, I don't know if it's easier to take, but, you know, it kind of it means that, I remember one guy went, went, went for a while, he had a Mars, Mercury, or no, Mars in Cancer retrograde. Never saw him angry once. I, he got angry at me once and he just, blew his stack and I had no idea that was in there. So I think that's part of what, you know, a, a Mars retrograde would look like. They don't get angry that often, but when they do, it just like fires off. So you got to be careful of that. But um, and that would have been terrifying to you being a Pisces because Pisceans, I've been told by a Pisces, take everything personally. Yeah, I know we do. But I have a really strong Mars in my own chart. So um, I, I kind of drag it out and kind of fire it at them. So, you know, um, it's amazing. Let me tell you, your your listeners, if you don't know who you are, get your chart done. Because if you get your chart done, you're going to find out the answers to why you're a certain way. You know, because I remember going through years of therapy, four years of therapy, and then I found astrology and I said, what do I need this stuff for? I already, I got a sense of who I was and what my drives were and what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were, you know, it answered a lot of questions for me. So think about that, kids. Think about that because... Oh, I always encourage people, get your birth chart run. You yeah. can get it done free or for cheap. That's for sure. Well, we run out of time on our side of the flip-flop here, Eileen Grimes. What's going on with your show immediately to follow? Okay. Uh, and here's Doug. Doug just walked in with a big mask on his face. <laughs> Hi, Doug. Anyway, um, we've got, we have on as a celebrity of the week, we're going to talk about Kamala Harris, which will be kind of interesting. Uh -huh, right. And we're going to just talk to you kind of the way you talk to me today. So Sweet. it's going to be fun. We look forward to it. Thank me you, too. Eileen oh, Grimes, you for betcha. joining us today. Okay. Have yourselves a great week, everybody. Stay safe out there and in there. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.